It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, this is Mehdi Hassan. Before we begin, I want to take a moment to invite you to become a member of Deconstructed and The Intercept. It's never been more important to support truly independent journalism. If you're listening to this show, then you probably already know that The Intercept is a news organisation that doesn't follow the crowd and isn't afraid to challenge orthodoxies. We don't worship at the altar of access journalism. We cover stories that other media outlets don't or won't. But if we're going to keep producing this show and all the other great journalism you know and love in 2019 and beyond, we're going to need your support. Right now, you can head over to theintercept.com forward slash give and make a donation of $15, $50, $100 or more. Or you can become a sustaining member and sign up for a $5 or $10 monthly donation. Become a member at whatever amount you can afford, whatever amount feels right to you. Membership is not only about the money, it's about a proud and public declaration of support for the kind of fierce adversarial journalism we do every day. We try and have your back and you can have ours. Press freedom is under attack in this country. To support the kind of independent journalism that The Intercept produces every day, head over to theintercept.com forward slash give. That's theintercept.com forward slash give. Now, time for the show. I think the US media is, is heavily complicit in amplifying his lies in that way, in allowing him airtime to, to lie unfettered, and, and again, to not treat the lying as an important story that needs to be told. I'm Mehdi Hassan. Welcome to Deconstructed. Now that the midterms are over and Donald Trump isn't doing any more of those insane campaign rallies, you might have thought we'd get a break from his incessant lying about pretty much everything. President Trump blamed Republican losses in the midterm elections on voter fraud. No such luck. In fact, the president of the United States has lied almost every day since those elections. That probably doesn't surprise you very much, but it should. After nearly two years of this routine, we've kind of lost our national capacity to be shocked by brazen presidential mendacity. Well, today on the show, I want to try and help us get back that shock factor. Because the lying matters. It really does. My guest is the brilliant, the one and only Daniel Dale of the Toronto Star, who literally monitors Trump's lies for a living. Through 2017, it was it was 2.9 false claims per day. During the run-up to the midterms, during the month and a half leading up to it, it was 26 per day. He and I are going to count down what we consider to be the most egregious, despicable or just downright weird falsehoods that have ever left the commander-in-chief's lips. Today on Deconstructed, Donald Trump's top 10 lies and why they matter. Donald Trump is somebody who lies constantly about little things and big things. Trump lies about things we can see. The size of his crowds, the margin of his victories. Trump lied 6,000 times this year. Trump lies once every three minutes, 15 seconds. On the plus side, you can use Trump's lies to tell if your microwave popcorn is done. <laughs> Trump lied, got laughed at, and then lied about getting laughed at, and then Fox News lied about Trump's lie about how he got laughed at for lying. Donald Trump lies. We know that. 
He lies in the morning, he lies in the afternoon, he lies in the evening and at night. He even gets up in the middle of the night to tweet, and that tweet almost always turns out to be a lie. There's that old line about politicians. How do you know if they're lying? Their lips are moving. Well, that literally applies in the case of President Trump. His lips move and a lie is produced. In fact, there has never been a president, a US politician, I would argue, who is so utterly unwilling, incapable of, allergic to telling the truth. He lies about things big and small. He lies about things in front of our eyes. He lies about people, places, policies. And this astonishing, serial, nonstop, 24-7, pathological lying is not just weird. It's not just pathetic. It's not just immoral. It's a danger to democracy because Trump, in classic autocrat fashion, wants us to just accept that the only truth we need to worry our little heads about is the so-called truth that comes straight from his mouth. Just remember, what you're seeing and what you're reading is not what's happening. And so today's show is going to explore Trump's lies, his war on truth, and why it matters so much. And I couldn't possibly ask for a better guest to discuss all this than Daniel Dale, Washington, D.C. bureau chief for the Toronto Star. Daniel's become kind of famous as the journalist who not only fact-checks in real time on Twitter everything Trump says live at his rallies or in his TV interviews, but he also keeps a running tally of all Donald Trump's false claims since coming to office. Uh, honestly, I don't know how he does it, uh, but I do want to try and find out today. And I also, let's have a bit of fun. Uh, I also want to compare what I think Donald Trump's top five lies are with what Daniel thinks his top five lies are. And of course, there are so many thousands, literally thousands to choose from. Uh, so we're going to have a kind of Trump lie off. Uh, Daniel Dale, thanks for joining me on Deconstruct. Thank, thank you for having me on. Daniel, let me start with the obvious question. How did you end up taking on this role? You're not an American journalist. You're a Canadian journalist Correct. based in D.C. for the Toronto Star. How did you become the great uh, documenter in chief of the commander in chief's many, 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 many <laughs> lies? There are many. It, it started during the campaign. It was September 2016. And he had a day where he was especially dishonest, even for himself. Okay. And it struck me that that this kind of avalanche of dishonesty was a central story of his candidacy, independent yep. of any of the policy issues or whatever else was going Definitely. on. The lying was a story. And I, I was frustrated that, in my view, it wasn't being treated as such. What would happen was that individual reporters would fact-check him periodically on Twitter, you know, say during mm. a speech. But then if you were to, to watch the news at night or read the article online or in the next day's paper, there would be no mention that, you know, Trump made 20 false claims in a day, which and to that me... that in itself is a story. Yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge thing. And so I thought, you know, the way to convey this is just make a kind of an informal list. Just, you know, here are the 15 things that he got wrong today. And the response was so huge. People were so appreciative of this, at least a certain segment of the yes. of the electorate. Um, and uh, and it just kept kept going. And it's not just you, it's the Washington Post, uh, which also uh, keeps a kind of running list of the, of the Trump lies. How much time, you're not the Washington Post, you're Daniel Dale of the Toronto Star on your own here in DC. How much time do you have to devote to fact checking his every utterance? Are you up all night? doing this stuff? Well, I, I do it mostly on, quote unquote, my own time. It's not my beat. I'm not a full-time fact checker. And yeah. so I do it... Uh, you still have to file pieces I have to file pieces. I'm writing, about, yeah, yeah. I'm writing about what's going on in America, what's going on here in Washington. Um, so I do a lot of it on weekends, unfortunately. Okay. At first, at the beginning of his presidency, you know, he was averaging for a while, uh, it, through 2017, it was, it was 2.9 false claims per day. And so that's 21 a week. That's not, that's not a huge amount of time to fact check. 
But now in, in 2018, he's averaging nine per day. During the run-up to the midterms, during the month and a, a half leading up to it, it was 26 per day. Wow. And so, is that just because he's talking more, like he's going to rallies, doing more rallies? Or is it because he's decided, I'm going to tell more untruths because there's more to cover up? It's, it's both. And I've actually looked at this uh, statistically, rigorously. And so a large part of it is that he's talking more. Uh, when I checked, there was a 0.73 correlation between the number of words he uttered and the number of false claims he made. So that's, oh. a, that's a strong correlation. But, wow. but, we, but I also found that what I started calling his dishonesty density had increased. So the number of false claims per word spoken has <laughs> also has also. So worsened. I love this idea. He's not just that he's a liar. We yeah. know he's a liar. He's been a liar since the 1980s when he was ringing up gossip columns and spreading nonsense about his wealth. But it's the idea that even in office, even in the last year or two of watching him as president, the, the what did you call it? The dishonesty, dishonesty density, density yeah. has gone up. It's it's gotten worse for sure. Well, that yeah. could be the title of his memoir. Um, we're recording this the week of Thanksgiving. As of this week, how many lies has he told since becoming the president of the United States? So, as of Sunday, November eleventh, which is my last online update, it's three thousand seven hundred forty-nine false claims as president. I've done another update for last week, which has not been posted yet. Has at least another fifty more, and then we've had more even today. Um, so it's it's above. You know, it's around 3,800. Okay, so 3,800 lies and false statements. Uh, we don't have time to go through all of them today. But what we're going to do, what I thought would be uh, interesting and fun and important, because I do want to kind of break this down. This is not, you know, it's not a laughing matter. I mean, we do laugh, but this is serious. Yes. That he is a serial liar. Um, it has consequences in the real world. I thought you and I could pick our list of uh, top five lies. And there's so many to choose from, 3,700 odd uh, lies. We're picking, what, less than 0.2%, 0.1%, my maths is not very good. Um, so we're going to do your five, my five. So with a with a fake drum roll, Daniel Dale, you go. At number five, what lie do you have from Donald Trump? So at a campaign rally in Nevada, uh, late in the campaign, um, he repeated something that he had said the day before, but this time not as a joke. They want to open your borders, let people in illegally, and then they want to pay for those people for health care, for education. They want to give them cars. They want to give them driver's licenses. I said, I said last night, what kind of car will they supply them? Will it be a Rolls Royce? So, Daniel, are you telling me that Donald Trump is wrong, that the Democrats don't plan to give immigrants free cars? I, I am indeed, Betty, telling you. Well, that. that's, a, that's a difficult fact check, that one. Yes. And what, what was interesting to me yeah. about this was that the day before he was at a rally in Arizona and he said this as a clear joke. He said, you know, they want to give them health care. They want to give them education. Next thing you know, they'll want to give them cars. Okay. And then the subsequent day, he comes wow. and turns it into a statement of fact. So I think it... So it, he road tests his lies. Yes. With his, sees what works. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, this is an important question. There's a big debate about, can you call him a liar? Because, you know, the Wall Street Journal editor, Jared Baker, told his staff, you shouldn't use the L word because we don't know what his intent is. And of course, to be a liar, you have to intentionally mislead someone, which is an absurdly high bar, um, I would argue, because you would never be able to call anyone anything because we can't see into anyone's hearts. But I do wonder about him. How much of it is, OK, that's a deliberate lie. I'm going to mislead these people. How much of it is it just he gets carried away with no filter, no real, you know, he just blah, 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 blah. Yesterday, I'm joking. Today, I'm going to say it as fact. I, I think he does get carried away, but I still think that's a lie. Yeah. You know, if someone at the bar 
Well, he knows it when he said it. Yeah. And that so and it, they're not planning to give a Rolls Royce yes, to so, undocumented immigrants. Right. So in cases where there's absolutely no factual basis for something and he says it anyway, I, I think I'm comfortable calling it a lie. Uh, as am I. Um, okay. Here's, that was your number five. This is my number five, rather recent one from this past Sunday. Fox News Sunday got an interview with Donald Trump. Shock horror. Fox got an interview with Donald Trump. Bet you've never seen a Donald Trump interview on Fox News before. But it was Chris Wallace, one of the half decent interviewers on Fox. Uh, and he had this exchange with the president. No way. I think we've wasted enough time on this witch hunt. And the answer is probably uh, we're finished. What, we're what, given, what are the odds? Very, One in a hundred? What, what? I, I don't do odds. We would. I gave very you detailed. Casinos, sir. Uh, you're right, and very successfully, actually. <laughs> so that clip had a lot of pickup because it was a funny line from Chris Wallace where he said you ran a casino. But for me, what stood out was the following line where he can't help himself. This is the thing about Donald Trump. No. He tells lies where he doesn't need to tell lies. Right. So if I ran four casinos, the Trump Taj Mahal, which filed for bankruptcy in 1991, Trump's Castle and Trump Plaza casinos which filed for bankruptcy in 1992, Trump's Hotels and Casinos Resorts in 1994 filed for bankruptcy, and Trump Entertainment Resorts, which filed for bankruptcy in 2009. If I ran four different casino <laughs> chains, which had declared bankruptcy, and someone mentioned it to me in an interview, the last thing I'd want to do is dwell on them. I'd want to change the subject. Trump is so brazen. He just says, yeah, I ran them successfully. Yes. Is that because he thinks I'm going to get away with it? I, I think so. I think so. And, and he, Wallace didn't pick him up on it. Right, right. And he, so he, he knows that it. this clip, for whatever reason, will, will, will be broadcast widely and he'll, and he'll reframe yeah. the perception of what happened with those casinos. Yeah, so, those, so the haters might say, oh, yes, a great joke by Chris Wallace. But the, his, his fans will say, and he ran those casinos successfully. Right. Facts don't matter, or do they? Um, let's have your number four. What do you have at number four in your top five list? So this is one where, as so often, he takes actual good news finds it insufficient and, and turns it into to dishonest news. Okay, let's have a listen to the press conference. U.S. Steel's building eight or nine plants. They're expanding plants. Eight or nine plants, Daniel. How many have we seen built so far or opened? We've seen U.S. Steel open or build no new plants. We have seen them invest in two existing plants since Trump imposed his tariffs, which, you know, there are arguments that the tariffs are harmful in other ways. But that's a good news story for Trump. You can say, look, this big company in, yeah. made major investments in two plants. But he can't help himself. He can't again. help himself. So first he said they're building six plants. He said they called me up. The CEO called me up. Yeah and said six new plants, then he, then he made it seven, then he made it eight. In this case, he made it eight or nine. And so the, it is this eternal escalation where the truth and even even the exaggeration is never sufficient for him. And it's a very specific lie. It's not just a general in passing. It was a few plants, and then you go, was it three or four? It, it, he also says that the guy called him up. They made an announcement, he says, right. which is fact-checkable. You go to US Steel and they say, right. we didn't make an announcement. Right. So he just literally uh, pulled it out of his backside. Okay, that was your number four. Uh, this is my number four. This is uh, from earlier this year on Air Force One, Donald Trump taking questions from reporters. Did you know about the $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels? No, no. Do you know where he got the money to make that so that was Donald Trump speaking to reporters on Air Force One about the hush money that was paid to Stormy Daniels, the adult film star who says she had an affair with Donald Trump. Um, Trump was asked at the time, uh, where did the money from Michael Cohen, his former personal lawyer, come from? Does he know, did he, do you know where he got the money to make that payment, the reporter asks? And Trump says, no, I don't know. Uh, within a matter of weeks, Rudy Giuliani, uh, his current lawyer, admitted that it was Donald Trump who provided the cash. And Trump himself later admitted in a Fox News interview and on Twitter that he did pay the money. Daniel, what I find interesting about that clip 
if you watch it on Air Force One, we talk about the rambling stuff, you know, that, oh, is it six or seven steel mills? Oh, is it free cars for immigrants? There is a different type of lie that Trump tells, the more cold-blooded strategic lie, which is clearly, you see, so if you watch him on the plane, the reporter asked the question, he knows he provided the money to Michael Cohen at that point. We don't know. The world doesn't know. Now, whether he thinks he's going to get caught or not, you see he does a classic eyes dart to one side. No, I have no idea. Um, that's a different type of lie, I would argue. It is a different type of lie. And to me, that's a, not, not, it's no more excusable, but that's a more traditional <laughs> politician, politician lie. lie. Get caught, you, you just deny it. Exactly. And so th this is the kind of thing that w when people say all oh, politicians lie, this is the kind of case where I say, well, yeah, this is the kind of thing that others would do. Not that it makes, not that that makes it okay. No, it doesn't. But it just shows that if you wanted to have a charitable interpretation where you said, well, he's just a kind of mad rambling old man with dementia or <laughs> out of his mind and just saying crazy stuff that comes into his head. No, he has a very, he has a calculator strategic oh, yes. side. Uh, absolutely. And I, I think, especially in the run-up to the campaign, uh, in the run-up to the midterm election during the, the height of the campaign season, a lot of the lies were, were so clearly strategic. Many of them were even written into his speeches. This wasn't the old man rambling. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes was, he goes off his speech and yes. says mad stuff. Yeah. But this time, you know, the White House is complicit in all of this stuff. The yeah. officials, the speech writers, etc. Yes. Okay, so that was my number four. What's your number three on the list? So this is one where he, he looks people in the eye, he looks at his supporters, and he tells them about something he says is going on in the room that is not actually happening. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Look back there. The live red lights, they're turning those suckers off fast. I'll tell they're turning those lights off fast. Like CNN. CNN does not want its falling viewership to watch what I'm saying tonight, I can tell not only does, oh boy, those cameras are going off. Oh, wow. Why don't you just fold them up and take them home? So that is a different kind of lie to the one we just discussed. I do believe he just did that spur of the moment. He thought, I'm going to rile up the crowd against those horrible yes. reporters at the back. I remember watching that at home and thinking, this is bizarre. He's telling his gullible, cultish base that they are not being seen on CNN. I'm watching it right now. Yes, CNN was broadcasting that. He said this kind of thing about cameras being turned off because they don't like what he's saying. The red lights. Yes, it's always the red lights. Um, <laughs> at least five times during his presidency and more before his presidency during the campaign. And to me, it's, it's, it shows the contempt he has for the intelligence of his exactly. audience because he's, he's pointing to something in the room and he's... And they know too because presumably they've got friends and family at home sure. watching the rally they went to. Probably. They'll go home and watch yeah, clips yeah. of themselves. yes. But they don't care. Yeah. That is part of the problem as well. They don't care. Yeah. And also. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The irony of saying CNN does not want you to watch what I'm saying. <laughs> it's CNN who gave him yes. the unrivaled platform during the presidential campaign. Jeff Zucker, head of CNN, has, has admitted, has expressed a minor regret that, yeah, we kind of got that wrong in letting him just unchallenged run his rallies live on air. And you now have Carl Bernstein this past weekend saying on CNN that the cable news networks need to think again about just running his stuff uninterrupted. Yes, he's the president. Yes, what he says matters. But if you're just running pure misinformation and propaganda unchallenged, uninterrupted live, what kind of service are you doing to journalism or democracy? Absolutely agree. I think that there are certain statements that he makes that that where there may be a news value that you have, you know, if it's a, a statement on an attack or an incident or some tragedy, sure, carry it. But when he is making any kind of political speech, and not just a rally, even a so-called policy statement. Yeah, he did I it during the midterms. He said, I'm going to announce a new policy on asylum and immigration, didn't he? Right. And people turned up and it was just a rant about Yes, it was a rant Mexicans about, a rant about and caravans. Exactly. And so I think by televising almost anything he says live, you're doing a disservice to the truth. Okay, well, talking of televised lies, here's a Florida rally, my number three on my top five Trump lies. Uh, a Florida rally in February 2017. By the way, I love the idea that he does rallies a month after winning the presidency. <laughs> uh, here's what he said at that rally. We've got to keep our country safe. You look at what's happening in Germany. You look at what's happening last night in Sweden. Sweden. So Donald Trump there at a rally suggesting that there was a terrorist attack in Sweden the previous night. Uh, breaking news, what happened in Sweden the previous night, last night in Sweden? Nothing happened in Sweden the night before. According to the Swedish newspaper Aftonbladet, I have no idea if I pronounced that correctly, the Friday night in question that Trump was referring to was marked by mostly unremarkable news, including an alleged drunk driving incident and an avalanche warning. It's Sweden, avalanche warning. But no terrorist attack. Trump literally just fabricated, I don't know, out of his imagination or whatever, you know, he came pre-prepared with it, a terrorist attack in a European country to, again, rile his base. He did. I think the, the handling of this statement shows how his lies can work for him because he absolutely fabricated this incident. And yet his supporters and, and this ecosystem around him um, take the kernel, the, the little kernel of truth that may be there and make that the news. So he said, well, there was an incident last night, but Sweden There is, have been attacks in Sweden yes, and Germany. Sweden yes. is having problems handling Muslim yeah. refugees. But why not just say that? That's what's so interesting. So it comes back to yes. the non-strategic Trump versus the strategic Trump. He could be doing his argument a favor yes. by avoiding these pointless lies. He could still rile them up and make racist claims about uh, Muslim immigrants in Europe and point to real attacks. But he has to go one step further, like you said, on U.S. steel. Yes, yeah, yeah. The reality reality is never sufficient. There's always there, there's <laughs> reality is never sufficient. Another potential title for his memoir. Yeah, there, there, there's there's always uh, an escalation. He thinks will will better serve his purposes. Okay, number two lie on your list. So this was an interview he did recently with the Wall Street Journal, and he had he had spoken about the tariffs that he has imposed and boasted about on numerous occasions. But then a little later in the interview, the journal said one of the reporters said a lot of people say that tariffs are really the biggest threat to the economy long term, and Trump responds, "We don't have any tariffs." <laughs> And and then he can do so. There's this whole long exchange, but he says, "I didn't put tariffs. Where do we have tariffs? We don't have tariffs anywhere." I read that today. We're worried about the tariffs, and he says, 
this is business, this is CEOs who are incompetent and blaming non-existent tariffs. And he goes on to say, where do we have tariffs? I'm talking tariffs. I'll use tariffs. I've said I was going to put tariffs in European Union cars, but there's no tariffs right now. And so, and this is a print interview with the journal. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal of all of all publications, you know, of of all publications, a, a business they, paper that knows what they're talking about when it comes to these tariffs. It, exactly. And I think they fact-checked him in the paper and produced a list of something like two hundred fifty billion dollars of tariffs yes. that he has brought in. Yes. I mean, he's too. proudly bragged about a trade war with China that he can win. Right. But when he's questioned, yes, is it the sense that he? And we I often call Trump a man-child, which I feel is an insult to children. <laughs> but is there a sense that whenever he feels cornered or semi-cornered or under pressure, that's another time that he thinks, you know what, again, he could have made the argument that we actually don't have as many tariffs as you think. He could have said, you know what, tariffs are not a bad thing. You're the Wall Street Journal, but I'm with the little guy. Instead, he goes for, there are no tariffs. Yes. Demonstrably absurd. Yes. I, I think it, it, it is completely situational for him. He thinks about extricating him, himself from the given moment. So how do I get through this 30 seconds with the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal? And I'll deal with I'll deal the follow the fact checks, right. Pesky fact checks yes, later. But it was completely unnecessary and it was completely contradictory to what he'd said literally minutes before to the same people. And again, as you talked about the contempt he has for his base, we hear about, oh, liberal media doesn't respect the white working class. Trump's contempt for his base is astonishing because, again, tariffs were supposed to be something that they voted for him for. It was a big selling point. You know, I'm going to end free trade and globalization. I'm going to bring jobs back. I'm going to punish those people who try and, you know, take jobs away from you. And now he's confronted by the Murdoch-friendly, big business-friendly Wall Street Journal, and he doesn't have the courage of his convictions to say, who cares what you think? Tariffs are good. That's a good point. Yes. Okay, here's my number two on my list. Um, This is from the very day he took office, 20th of January 2017 at the Liberty Ball. Trump started talking about his inauguration speech. And this is not one of the many lies related to his crowd size, because he told a fair few lies about those. This is a separate lie. But I have to say, uh, the crowd was unbelievable today. You know, I looked at the the rain, which just never came. You know, we finished the speech, went inside, it poured... Then we came outside, the helicopter scene was an incredible scene. And then, amazingly, it rained, and then we went out. It's like God was looking down on us, I will tell you. Okay, so put aside this image of God looking down on Trump. Um, were you there at the inauguration, Daniel? I, I, w- I was watching the speech from the Canadian embassy, so okay. I was not. And I was watching the speech from home, and those of us who have eyes in our heads saw rain coming down as he started to speak. Rain came down throughout his inaugural address. The drops of rain are visible on his coat and his suit if you go and watch it right now on YouTube. You have people holding ponchos and umbrellas. You have his wife, Melania Trump, is standing behind him under an umbrella to protect herself from the rain that only hours later, this is not days later, this is that night, he says uh, didn't happen. Donald Trump is a man who will lie about the weather. He is. And, and, and this, this, so as you said, this is the first moment of his presidency. The li- no, I, th- I, I think this, yeah, this might have been the, the very it first was, one. It was the night of the ball after the speech. Yes. Yeah, that evening. And then he repeated it at the CIA the next day. Right. That it stopped raining. Right. And so the, the lying started literally from the first <laughs> hour. Stopped, but yes, I mean, I just find this one is a fascinating one for me because who A, who lies about the weather, but B, it, go, it goes to the core, and we could talk about this in a bit, about uh, how Trump uses dishonesty, not just to get himself out of situations, as you rightly say, but also as a way almost of kind of demonstrating his power over his base, his followers, that I can tell you things that you know to be untrue. You, you, you know, yes. Who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes, yes. is that old phrase. Trump is basically saying, believe me, not your lying eyes. You can see it was raining, but I'm telling you it didn't. 
Absolutely, I agree. Scary. Okay, what's your number one? What's top of your list of of, of the the top five of the 3,700 odd lies that we've... So th- this is the example I use when I speak somewhere and they ask me why I use the word lie and yep. not falsehood or false claim. Good. And Good so point. this is my example. So he, Trump gave a, a speech to the, the Boy Scout Jamboree, which is usually very apolitical, you know, it gives a pep talk to these, these young people about hard work and public service. But Trump said things like, like this. This horrible thing known as Obamacare that's really hurting us. Why do you think the chances are that this incredible massive crowd, record setting, is going to be shown on television tonight? That is some crowd. Fake media, fake news. The polls, that's also fake news. They're fake polls. By the way, just a question. Did President Obama ever come to a jamboree? So this speech was controversial, obviously. He was speaking to children, and many parents and, and you know, scout troop leaders, I don't even know what they're called, were upset that, that he, the president was so political. And so he said, in explaining himself, he said, no, no, you know, this wasn't controversial. He said, I got a call from the head of the Boy Scouts saying it was the greatest speech that was ever made to them, <laughs> and they were very thankful. And so, of course, I contacted the Boy Scouts, usually big organizations, especially ones with which the president is directly involved. I think he officially is the head of the Boy Scouts by, by, by law. Um, uh, so I contacted the Boy Scouts. Usually they don't want to respond. But they sent me an email saying, I think they said, you know, on background, not for attribution. No one called him. This did not happen. No one said this to the president. And so the president made up an entirely fictional story about the Boy Scouts of America. And to me, you know, this shows that there is, the there is no... There there's is, nothing he won't lie about. There's nothing he won't lie about, literally. precious or sacred. There's nothing sacred. The Boy Scouts. And also, again, the, 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 it's a demonstrable falsehood. It's not a gray area. It's not... What do you mean? You know, he often says, many people say, right? To yes. get himself out of a corner. His classic go-to is, my friend says, many people say, my friend Johnny invents random people. Um, in this one, he could have just said... That's not true. I met many people afterwards who said it was a great speech. He goes to a very specific disprovable lie that I got a call from the Boy Scouts, and you can check as you did, and they say we didn't make the call. I think Sarah Sanders later admitted there was no call as well. She did. I, I think she said that there was no call, but you know, people approached him personally. But he didn't use that formula. He didn't. So it comes back to the question of, is this an evil genius who is trying to see what he can get away with and doesn't care and thinks, you know what, I can manipulate my base and my audience in such a way that I can get away with anything? Or is this just a guy who cannot control his lying mouth? I, I think we're too quick to say that he is a master liar. Yep. I mean, this is a president who eked out a victory against another unpopular presidential candidate yep. who just got walloped in a midterm election, who in the polls is seen by dishonest, is seen as dishonest consistently by two-thirds of the population. Yep. And so his lies are not working with everyone. That's true. He has proven effective at convincing a small percentage of the population that he is honest or in convincing uh, an additional small, small percentage that the lies don't matter. But I don't think that he is deceiving people to the extent that some liberals are left-wingers sometimes fret that he is. Okay. Um, I'm going to come back to that point in a moment, but let me just end my list. That was your top five. You ended with the Boy Scout phone call. Uh, I'm going to end with a slightly more serious one. This is another recent lie of his. He said on Twitter during the midterm campaign, 22nd of October, sadly, it looks like Mexico's police and military are unable to stop the caravan heading to the southern border of the United States. Criminals and unknown Middle Easterners 
are mixed in. Now, the lie is not the caravan lie, because there's lots of lies mixed into here. The, you know, the, the idea that the caravan was about to enter the United States was a lie. He stopped talking about the caravan. Uh, the lie was about this line about unknown Middle Easterners are mixed in. Put aside the racism in that, the conflation of Middle Easterners with terrorists, mm. and just deal with the fact is, are there any unknown Middle Easterners in that caravan? Does Trump know? This is what he said in the White House days later. Well, they could very well be. But there's no proof. There's no proof of anything. There's no proof of anything. Uh, but they could very well be. So when he's challenged by Jim Acosta, who has since had the big row over his press pass, CNN correspondent, when he's challenged in the White House over that controversial tweet, he doesn't say, yes, I have intelligence agencies telling me, Jim, you have to trust me. Instead, again, he basically says, I don't give a damn about the truth. Nothing can be proven. It could be true. It might not be true. It's astonishing. Yes. And that, I think that that sentence is a perfect encapsulation of his attitude towards... There's no proof of anything. Right. There's no, you know... Therefore, I can say whatever I want. Yes, there's no objective reality. It's my there's reality. There's no objective reality. That is, the, that is a very, very uh, scary uh, implication. Um, how much is the US media complicit in Trump's serial dishonesty? Because until very recently, you had media organizations unwilling to even say the L word. Now a few of them are gingerly heading in that direction, saying this is a lie. You know, Anderson Cooper occasionally on CNN will say it. The New York Times will occasionally say it in a headline. But even now, you see the New York Times and ABC News and others just putting up tweets with Trump's falsehoods with no fact check and just running it. Even now, even two years in. Yes. It's, it's, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because to me, you know, we, the media has so many systemic difficult issues yeah. about everything. But this one is so easy to fix and it's, it's not being fixed. I think the US media is, is heavily complicit in amplifying his lies in that way, in allowing him airtime to, to lie unfettered, and, and again, to not treat the lying as an important story that needs to be told over and over. I think it's one of the most important things about his presidency. And I think slowly, I hope people are waking up to it. It's funny, you're a Canadian, I'm a Brit, and we're sitting here in DC saying, what is going on uh, with the US media? Um, it is a real problem. And Trump is a product of that. He knows it. He's talked about how he can suckle the oxygen out of the room. Uh, he brags about it. And there is this weird paradox whereby the media is more anti this president in terms of the, the ongoing war between the two sides than any previous president. On the other hand, without the media, he wouldn't be president today. Yes. And I think one other point I'd like to make is I think there's there's this strange kind of deference to the president that we we especially see in interviews with him. And you you had a, a viral clip where you interviewed, you know, a Trump advisor and just peppered him with yeah. important valid questions about about Trump's lying. He said during the campaign that there's six to seven steel facilities that are going to be opened up. There are no U.S. Steel has not announced any facilities. Why did he say they've announced new facilities? That's a lie, isn't it? No, it isn't, because there are, there are a lot of companies opening up. There are steel facilities that are going to be opening up, or I think no, no, they, they sorry, actually want sorry, to open Stephen, up Sorry, Stephen, that's not what he said. And Trump is almost never, like maybe never at all, challenged, you know, with the lack of deference that I think he is. He is and not just a lack of deference, but everyone seems to have a very short memory. They, yeah. He's not challenged on the lies from the previous interview. Right. So uh, I think Eric Wemple of the Washington Post made this point that the next interview with Trump, and this was a few weeks ago and there's been several since, should just be going through all his lies, which yes. is what I did in that clip with Trump supporter Stephen Rogers. I just said, okay, you keep saying it's all fake news, liberal media. Let's just go through the lie one after another. And because he has a sense of reality, Steve Rogers, that Donald Trump doesn't have, he was able to go, all right, fine, that's not true. Yes. When you, when you put them on the spot. Okay, last question, prediction time. On the current rate of Trump lies, how many lies total do you think he'll have told as president roughly by the time we get to the next election in 2020, two years from now? Oh, my gosh. So we <laughs> have to do math. Dishonest so, density. Okay, so wait. So, so he's, he's at... Uh, he's so about 3749 or something. Yeah, right? so he's about, he's about 10 per day 
uh, right now. So let, let's say the seven per day, we have what, two years? Two years, about 700 it, days. So. Until the election. So we have seven, so like maybe. 5,000 more lives. Yeah, so maybe he'll But hit, then there's going to be a presidential election campaign. Election. According to you, he ramps them up when he the does. campaign starts. I think it is, it is very likely that we'll get to 8,000. It's possible we'll get to 10,000. We could see a 10,000 live presidency. <laughs> that is Donald Trump's legacy to the United States of America. I can only hope and pray that when the next election does come around, the US media has found some way to try and fact check him, fact check him in real time and show less deference to his brazen dishonesty. Daniel Dale, keep up the great work. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing the Lord's work thank in many you. ways thank you. when the Lord is not looking down on Trump's <laughs> rain-free inauguration. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on Deconstructed. Thank you so much. That was Daniel Dale, Washington bureau chief for the Toronto Star and the great chronicler of lies in this age of Trump. We owe him a great debt. And look, I know it's hard. I know it's mentally and even emotionally exhausting, but we cannot allow ourselves to become used to Trump's brazen and shameless lies, to become inured to them, bored of them, unshocked by them. This Trumpian dishonesty is, yes, partly situational, as Daniel pointed out, but it's also deeply political. It's totalitarian in its approach to truth and falsehood, to facts and figures, to reality itself. The damage being done to democracy, to public confidence in institutions, to the free press is immense. These lies matter. Never forget that. Never let them go unchallenged. That's our show. Deconstructed is a production of First Look Media and The Intercept and is distributed by Panoply. Our producer is Zach Young. Dina Sayed Ahmed is our production assistant. The show was mixed by Brian Pugh. Lital Molard is our executive producer. Our theme music was composed by Bart Warshaw. Betsy Reed is The Intercept's editor-in-chief. And I'm Mehdi Hassan. You can follow me on Twitter at Mehdi R. Hassan. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show so you can hear it every week. Go to theintercept.com forward slash deconstructed to subscribe from your podcast platform of choice, iPhone, Android, whatever. If you're subscribed already, please do leave us a rating or review. It helps new people find the show. And if you want to give us feedback, email us at podcasts at theintercept.com. Thanks so much. Happy Thanksgiving. See you next week. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 